Barely Legal Comedy Podcast with Chris Keogh and Alex Boardman. Music, White Bat Audio, 80s Retro Synthwave Mix. Right, so we are recording. This Ooh. is exciting. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so I'm so excited I can barely speak. Um, we are on Clean Feed today. Yeah. <laughs> exciting. Well, yeah, it's exciting though, isn't it? You know, we've, yeah. we've, tra- we've tried it loads of times and for some reason never been able to get it to work. Yeah, um, and it, it's only exciting to us in the same yeah. way that this is probably like, oh, welcome to 2015 if you're somebody else. But we've, we've got crap stuff and we've got this one working. So hopefully everything goes well. Is everything good in your world? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like well busy at the minute because it's getting to the start of term, you know what I mean? But when do you start? Um, October, yeah, so two, like two weeks basically. Wow. So I'm, I'm now having to sort of do all the sort of like last minute prep stuff, which of is what course. always happens. It, it turns out, so yeah, yeah. you've, I mean, this you've had literally only 10 weeks off, haven't you? So yeah, it's got to be done it, well it's it's just horrific yeah exactly you know so <laughs> it's like you know what I'd, i've already done some work in like may what's going on here? so are you um what year students do you is it criminal you do at manchester uni um so i'm teaching um lots quite a, quite a few different things actually so across the entire spectrum of the um of age groups and years so like all the way from like foundation to um to like postgrad yeah so right great uh, is teaching... foundation those who haven't um is that like an equivalent of two or three a levels and first year um yes basically so it's like if you didn't get your a it's basically either people who didn't quite get the results um to get in but never you know who applied and didn't get yeah. the minimum requirements they can do a foundation year rather than resitting a levels um or it's people that don't have You've come from a what would be classed as a, a, a non-traditional academic background, so people with MBQs or yes. people that have been working or what you know, like so. Yeah. Um, it, it's a it's a way to basically bridge the gap and and, and meet the entry requirements for uh, for university. That's what I taught when I did when I had my three month teaching career, which was kind of going to be my job before I became a comedian in '96, maybe. I did. I taught that at Oldham College, and I think it was linked to Bolton, which was going to be the Bolton University. Yeah. And um, I quite, I really liked it, and I was doing a PGCE so that I could carry on. And um, anyway, I just sacked it off and became a comedian, which worked. <laughs> it worked out well, but I'd kind of. It's funny because I could almost, not quite, but I wonder if by now I would have been in a similar position to what you're in. Yeah, maybe. What, like, sort of a, a position of, like a pillar of the community, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, instead of a drain on society, <laughs> which is what I feel like. Um, so that's all exciting then. So new term, are the, so you get all the years, one, two, and three, first, second, and third year. First, second, third year, postgrads, you know, foundation, get the lot. So like, I'm teaching, um, so I'm teaching criminal, I'm teaching evidence, I'm teaching... Yeah, I thought um, that's what you'd be doing, criminal and evidence. Some sort of like, you know, like practical skills courses, you know, about advocacy and drafting and things like that. Yeah. And then, and then some um, less obvious courses like legal systems and things like, you know, so teaching them about um, how the court system works and, 
and uh, statutory interpretation, all those sorts of things as well. So quite a varied, varied bag. It's quite yeah. It's, it's, do they it's still good. do European law or with? Yeah, yeah. They that's still still, they still, do. still teach that. Yeah, because it's it's still you know it still has an impact, doesn't it, on 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 everything really? You yeah. know the this that's why you know lots of people understood how it worked. Said well, this is just a myth that you can go completely on your own because. We're going to have to comply with European laws if we want to trade with any European member states, which we will want to do because that's our biggest market. So, yeah. Because you know, yeah. it's, it's right there. It's, yeah, because it's there. Yeah, it's an hour. Well, away. I'm going to I'm going to send things to the other side of the world instead and make my money that way. It's like good good well, luck with yeah. That. China's the whole China thing's not panned out, and America's not quite panned out as much as everyone thought it would. It's difficult to send well, cheese to China, isn't it? And fish. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Do, do they? Is it a big cheese market? China, I don't I think know. it is. Is it? I don't yeah. know. Do you want some herring that we've cut? Oh, sorry, it's gone off. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. So this is what we we're going to do a couple of um, weeks ago. Um, just a yeah. little update from my garden. The birds who've not been around all summer have just all descended again on mass today. It's like they've oh, all come right. back off the holidays. So they're a bit like yeah. you. So my garden yeah. is teeming <laughs> with all the little snazzy ones, you know, like the little great tits and blackbirds and all the good ones, not just pigeons. Yeah, no, yeah, pigeons. Pigeons are disappointing birds, aren't they? Yeah. I always think that. I like it's almost like what's that? Oh, it's just just it's a pigeon. Just you know? a pigeon with the noisy wing flap. Yeah, they are so loud. <laughs> yeah, you know, and they just poo really... everywhere as well. They really yeah. dim, I think. Um, stupid birds. Stupid birds. So uh, we. Um, a couple of weeks ago, this was in the news, um, the Lucy Letby, is she called Lucy? Yes. Yes, Lucy Letby, um, who was the nurse at Chester Hospital, um, and there was, obviously the course, the, it was one of those cases that uh, is in the news constantly because it involved like a nurse killing babies. Um, but the thing that sort of rumbled on after it, which is what you want to talk about today, is uh, the fact that it became a sort of political hot potato and the newspapers got hold of it. The fact that she wouldn't appear in court to face yeah. her sentence uh, when it came to sentencing. So, um, well, do you want to just take it from there? Yeah, so we can, we can, we can start there because th this isn't, it's not a... Like it's not like a new sort of storyline either. This, you know, or, or new issue as it were, um, in 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 the law. Because I don't even remember there was the um, case of Thomas Cashman earlier in the year. He was the guy who shot, uh, who killed that um, girl in Liverpool. You know, who who was trying to shoot some other gang member. Yeah. And and she was shot in her own home, and he was he yes. was convicted earlier in the year, I and he refused that. to attend at his sentencing hearing as well. Yes. Um, and so this this point raised its head at that stage, um, and um, yeah. So so like I say, it's not new. It's not it's not just limited to to the Lucy Letby case. Um, it's it's in you know it it is a, it is an ongoing issue as it were. Um, and it's not uncommon for defendants to refuse to attend at court at different stages of the proceedings. You know, like I've turned up at court on a number of time occasions, and you know, the sort of been told, oh, he refused to get in the van to come from prison. You know, right. so um, you can either proceed in their absence, or uh, 
or it has to be adjourned off to make sure that the, the, the that they attend. So you know, it sounds like it, a toddler, it, doesn't it? Like anything oh, a toddler would do. It, 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 well, the thing is, though, that is sort of where they are. If you think about the sort of psychology of it, it's that they don't really have any um, control over their lives. No. And so, like, so they do things like toddlers do in, in, in the same way. Like, you know, they go on hunger strike or they refuse to, you know, <laughs> to come to get in the car or to get dressed or whatever, you yeah, know. Yeah, it is. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's about the control, isn't it? That they, yeah. That they have. Yeah, exactly. I remember, yeah, toddler, so, I remember having toddlers and the amount of times you hear no in a day, well, as soon as they went no, that's it for about six months. Everything's no. Do you want to go to my yeah. No. Do you want to do No. Do you want to, should we play in the, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's probably similar. It, I, I, th- I, th- I, think it's, I think it's the same sort of mindset. It's like we all want to have some sort of control mm. over our lives. And where, where can you assert that control? And, you know, for the, for the you know, for most people, there's other ways to do it. But if you're in those circumstances where it's really limited then you know you've got to got to go with what you can aren't you you know yeah. so um so yeah so it's not unusual um but obviously it's it's a hot topic in in the news because it it makes it you know this is like a just rubbing salt into the wounds for the victims and the families of the victims that the defendant doesn't turn up to hear the sentencing yeah um, and they will usually you know and the newspapers have reported it and, and found you know like a sort of like person willing to talk to them and say how distressing it was that they weren't there and how that was, you know, an insult, adding insult to injury, basically. Yeah. Um, and so the, what the government have said, and, you know, Labour as well have gone along this line, um, is that they will um, basically introduce new rules that will compel the defendant to attend at the sentencing hearing, even if they have to be dragged there using reasonable force, you know, so, yeah. and, and, that, and that's what they're going to do. Now, like, I mean, what, what, what are your views on that? What do you think of, of, well, of that as, a, as an idea? If you think about the people that you're dealing with, well, I think it's a terrible idea. Um, right, okay. So I can see it, <clears throat> 100% can see it from, if you're the victim, say, you, say it's your son or daughter that's been murdered or um, whatever the offence is, um, and yeah. you, the whole point of, well, one of the points of, uh, going to court would be to to get justice and to see the person punished and to see that they're sorry for what's happened and to put a line under it. That's what it it always feels like that you, you see people outside court and they go, "That's it. We can get on with our lives now." It's that moment, isn't it? And um, what the one thing that I, I don't think you can control is you can't say, so, uh, Mr. Johnson, you've done this offence and I'm going to sentence you to 15 years in prison. Uh, do you have anything to say? And they can just go, yeah, I'm glad I did it. It was the right laugh or I don't yeah, care. Yeah. So you can't make someone say something and that, I just think that would make it almost worse. I think it's probably kinder in some cases if, um, if the defendant doesn't have to turn up, but it's just probably better. What? Well, 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 that's it. It's like so, you know. There's, there's like a, a an idea at the centre of this argument is that, uh, and one point is that what happens at the sentencing here is not only do, do the are the judges' sentencing remarks, you know, read out, um, and um, and therefore if the defendant isn't there, isn't there, they don't get to hear those. Mm. There are also um, the sort of impact statements from the victims, you know, who will sort yeah. of say this is the impact that your crime and your behaviour has had on on my life. Um, and often they're, you know, they are very moving 
you know accounts to to hear um but they're only moving if you're already you know vaguely all right as a person yeah you know? so, <laughs> exactly so um there's there's a, there's an idea that that you know people will be brought to court uh, and they will sit there um quietly and respectfully and yeah. you know and cry at the right moments and look you know um you know like remorseful and, and so on this idea that's what's going to happen now any defendant who's going to be like that will probably attend or, or may well attend or, or you know um and and so there is a real risk as you say that someone turns up to court and it's like well what if yeah what if they sort of like sit there smirking all the way through the yeah. hearing and like looking at the family and sort of like giving them wanker signs or whatever you know like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's well, that's, they, that happened they recently. They do behave like that. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely happened recently. There was a case last year where um, it added, it gets added onto the sentence and no remorse and stuff. But imagine how horrible that is. Because that yeah. you'd, you'd live with that almost as much as you'd live with the horrible images of what you think happened to the loved one. Just be terrible. Awesome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it would be worse than them not being there. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's the issue. Um, really, um, and so and so and so. But the thing is, though, that there are already rules. Like you know, defendants can be compelled to attend at court and so on. But you know, what happens really in general in general cases is that someone turns up at court. They don't sort of you know they don't behave in according you know accordingly. They don't behave with all due respect and all that sort of stuff. And they basically you know they, they act like naughty children and just yeah. um, disrupt the proceedings. And then the judge has the power to remove them from the court and send them back down to the cells, you know. So, and and so what will happen is that you will have the, the you know there is a potential that people will be compelled to attend, and then be compelled to leave because they don't behave themselves when they're there, um, and 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 that and that's the real that's the real risk. And so I I think a lot of it is just sort of political sort of posturing that's not based on any sort of reality, because because then that's the other thing is like all right, so you are going to. Um, so, so the suggestion from the government is what we will do is that we will um, say incentivize defendants to attend at sentencing by saying you are now compelled to attend and if you don't attend then there's going to be an extra two years added on to your sentence right now for some people that's probably enough reason for them to attend and behave in a way that means that they don't get excluded from the proceedings you mm. know um, but you know so if you're going to be doing say eight years then another two years is 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 quite a bit, you know. Like it's it's worth avoiding that from happening to you. Now, yeah. what's happened? What's interesting is like the news stories, the cases that have made the news that that have sort of triggered this debate have been for people that have got very very lengthy sentences anyway. So, in the case of Lucy Letby, she got a whole life tariff, a whole life minimum term, meaning yeah. that she's never ever ever going to be released from prison pending any sort of appeal that may or may not happen. Yeah. I doubt it will happen, but you know, as it currently stands she um, is never going to be eligible for parole. And therefore, what does an extra two years make, difference make for her? None. Like, no, literally, yeah. there's no difference at all. So, um, you know, that incentive element doesn't really work for the most serious of cases. And these will be the ones that people feel a greater degree of, um, you know, outrage when they don't attend a, 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 the sentencing hearing. So um, I don't see that there's any really, you know, that there's, there's nothing practically or pragmatically that's going to happen as a result of that sort of ruling. And then the other one is that if you, if you refuse to attend, you can be forcibly, you know, brought there. And we've already talked about some of the issues there. If someone's forcibly brought to any sort of, you know, any location, they're not going to be, you know, 
then when they get there, start behaving themselves because yeah. they're involved. It's all part of an ongoing fight that they're having, you know. So, yeah. so there's that. And who's going to actually bring them there? That who's going to do this forcing? That's that's the thing, right? Who is that? Yeah, who is it? Who is it? Um, so currently, how does how does a prisoner get from say they're in remand? How do they get there? Is it Securitas still? Is it that kind of yeah? Group so four yeah, so or whatever they're called. So yeah, so it's yeah like Geo Amy, or it certainly was up in you know they had the contract most recently, um, and who I think you know that that it's not Group Four, but it's you know it's it's a private sort of security firm basically. Yeah. Um, yeah so so you've got in in different scenarios, so you've got prison officers for one stage. So if you think about when someone's going to be brought from prison to court, is that they have to be brought. They have to be removed, taken from themselves by prison officers and then given to the sort of transport security people who will then be responsible for taking them in the van, in essence, from yeah. prison to court um, and then responsible for transferring them in from the van into the court building. So they'll then be held in cells in the court building and then be brought up into the dock in the courtroom that they're due to be sentenced or they're due to appear in. So, so there's quite a lot of... You know, the you know you go from a prison cell, you know, to yeah. you know wherever room in the prison that you're getting in, put on the van from, and then you've got to be sort of secured in the van, and then you've got to be secured. There's all sorts of different you know points where they're handcuffed and then chained to something and and so on. There's lots and lots of scope for them to kick off at different stages. Yeah. With you know, they, there's there's greater um, sort of physical proximity to the to the staff. Now, that you know, and and that's a big issue is that well, you know. We already know that, for example, prisons are understaffed. Yes. You know, the, there's prison, the prison system is in a terrible state, so much so that recently Germany refused to extradite an Albanian, you know, a suspected Albanian gangster to the UK for trial because of the state of the prisons in this country. They didn't feel it was within his human rights to be able to, to go to Britain. So... <laughs> You know that that was you know, that's because of a, a failure to on the part of the British government to ensure that this this prison system is, you know that the prisons are effectively safe. You know, so um, th- that you know that's how bad things are in prisons in general. Anyway, um, staff are really really stressed because I say they're understaffed, so the ones that are there have got more work to do. Mm. Um, they don't get paid particularly well. It's a really really hard job, and anyone who does it, I've always had a great deal of respect for because. You know, it's it's a really tough job yeah. um, that you get virtually no sort of like praise for or respect or anything like that. No, it must for, be one of the most mission. highly stressful jobs, mustn't it? it? Must be awful. Yeah, I also read you... on, on legal Twitter all the time. There's like barristers will, will be saying, "Had three three hearings today. Two of the um, accused." just didn't turn up. They never got there because the van never turned up at the prison to pick them up. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a yet more possibility for delay. It just, I don't know. It seems, um, what's odd is given Kia Starmer's um, background as a QC, there is no way, I mean, there's no way that all everybody advising them wouldn't say, look, this is not really that, practical this feels like a bit of a populist idea at the moment yeah uh, but in the expense the just the logistics of it the chance it'll add to delays and then the fact that that you might not get the outcome you want from the defendant anyway this is really no, pointless no. and he knows that um but the fact he's going along with it seems 
uh, odd. It's, so it's, you know, we always accuse the government of playing politics. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. And, Is that and, what and he's doing too? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the fact that, you know, you, a lot of this as well, you've got to think about it in terms of where we are in the electoral cycle. You know, yes, like it's about a we're, year we're coming away, up, isn't it? we're about a year away. So <clears throat> we are doing, I've, I've made this point previously, is that it's like at the minute we're reliving the um, election in 1993 um, or 92, and I think it was 93 when uh, when John Major surprisingly uh, won um, uh, the the election for, for the Conservative Party. Um, in that that election was based on law and order. That was that, the build-up to that election was when Tony Blair said tough on crime, tough on the causes of crime when he was yeah. the, home, the shadow home secretary. Um, and, and sort of like both parties were chasing the, we will be the party, we are now the party of law and order. You know, I, and, and it's, it's just, a lot of it is just jingoistic populism, you know, and it's yeah. not based on reality or, or practical considerations. You know, the, you know, the, the, the reality of the situation is, is that um, the, 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 the criminal justice system at all levels of it has been underfunded for a long time. So actually, if you want to be, fair to victims and you know have a proper and have um a you know and be sort of tough on crime and all that then you know invest money and fund the system properly so that we can have justice you know that, that's delivered in a timely fashion and delivered correctly and, and all of those things that the system is meant to do um but yeah so but labor are doing the same thing that they're, they're engaged in this sort of race to, to the bottom almost in terms <laughs> of like who can come out with the most um populistic sort of like slogans that actually won't make any real difference to anything because the system isn't isn't sufficient to work anyway and all of the practical considerations and legal considerations as well so you know compelling someone to attend at court to face sentencing and, and manhandling them there you're getting into sort of human rights territory there and and, and you know and, and it's and, and as is often the case that creates almost like this sort of politically unpalatable situation where you're saying that this person who is, you know, a convicted murderer in the case of Lucy Letby, a serial killer who killed lots of babies, yeah. um, but they also have human rights. And people don't like to admit that, but they do, you know. So, um, and and what will happen is that you get to this stage where you will, like we've seen with the, how we do, how we're going to deal with refugees and so on, is that, is that you create almost like an environment where um, I would say less uh, well-meaning or, or, or less, um, yeah, well, yeah, less trustworthy sort of politicians will use this to effectively remove rights from all of us. You know, yeah. literally throwing the baby out with the bathwater, if that's not too indelicate a, a term. No. Like this case. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's like that, that's where, that's the sort of direction that you start heading in, you know, when you, when you, when you do this. So, um, I think they've got to be very careful, Labour, to 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 not um, to not go too far. Because what if they don't win and the Tories win the next election again, and Suella Bravman goes, "Well, actually, we've got a massive mandate to do whatever we yes. want," you know. So, so you've, you've got to be he's got to be careful there because Starmer was a you know there's a book I've got a book a Human Rights Practi Practitioner's Guide written by Keir Starmer QC as was really? you know like, and he was the head of the DPP. He knows that the laws the rules are already there. The CPS published guidance last year about how to compel people to attend court when they've not, you know, when they're refusing to attend and, and in what circumstances you can do that. So, you know, he's aware that this is, this, this is already there, you know, and he was a human rights expert. So he's not operating on a vacuum when it comes to this, you know what I mean? No. He, he, he's, he's aware of, of the risks potentially. So 
yeah, I think I think that's a I think it's a good point that you've raised there. Well, well done, Alex. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Then I must have seen it on Twitter. Um, right, so that I really like this episode. I don't know why yeah. it feels like it's everything we set out to do when we started. It feels like <laughs> I don't know. We've not um, we've not got sidetracked um, for a change. So yeah, yeah. Because here's another thing that can happen. It's also worth making Oh, here comes the sidetrack. <laughs> so no, so no. It's like, is that, no, like, so like victims are a very important part of yes. the sort of criminal justice system. Um, but sentencing isn't carried out on behalf of the victim. You know what I mean? Sentencing is carried out on behalf of the state using the various rules yeah. and guidelines that, that exist there. So, you know, if this, if this issue is that, well, the victims don't feel like, and or the victim's family, in the case of murder, because the victim's sadly no longer with us, um, if, if the victims don't feel like their voice is being heard because the defendant isn't there to hear their victim's sort of personal statement um, or the impact statement um, and, and all of those other things that we talked about before, then you need to find another way to reassure the victims that their voice is an integral part of this whole process and that the sentencing is being carried out on behalf of the state, bearing in mind their, their views. Um, and if the defendant can't be there uh, to hear the sentencing, nevertheless, they still get that sentence. You know what I mean? And they're still in prison, and that's where they are now. They're not, they're not off having fun, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there must be a, a, a better way to to assuage this concern that victims' voices aren't being heard if the defendant isn't there, um, than dragging the defendant there for them to sort of basically shit all over the proceedings um, and be and be and make a scene and be dragged out again which is the potential as we talked about before so so how yeah, would I'd... this work practically would this be um just a, an automatic in every single case or would this be you'd have to petition the court maybe if you were the person bringing you know if you were the if you were the victim or the the crime prosecution service would have to how would it actually work because so say there was um, say there was no victim's family left. Say it was an old man that was murdered and he didn't have any anybody. Then it feels like if it, what would happen then basically? Because there's no so, one there to get any benefit, alleged benefit from um, the the defendant being still. It's not defendant, is it anyone? But the defendant going to court. Yeah. Um, what just what would would happen? Would this be an automatic? Would it be triggered the second it came to sentencing for everyone, or would it just be a case of you'd have to request it if you were the victim's family? So it would be for the judge to decide again. Right, okay. So it, it 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 wouldn't really change things that often beyond barring. I think the suggestion that you can add this two years onto the sentence. Um, and reiterating the fact that you can use reasonable force sort of bolsters the, the judge's position to, yeah. to order someone to attend. But it, it would still be for the judge to decide whether or not it was reasonable in the circumstances to award to, to, you know, to force attendance, in essence, when someone isn't uh, prepared to attend of their own volition. So um, that, that's where it would be. Again, I, I think it's a lot of sort of like noise around something that won't really make that much difference practically. Um, and for all the reasons that, we, that we've talked about, so um, yeah, it's it's politicking. I think this for, yeah. through the through, through the media, um, as opposed to anything uh, more uh, more substantive than that. Um, so yeah, so that's how it would work. Right. The proposals are that it would just it would be for the judge to decide whether or not to compel them to attend, um, and whether or not 
um, you know, force can be used to, to do so. Um, and again, in order to do that, they're going to have to have all the sort of reasons why someone might not attend. Sometimes people don't attend because they're ill or whatever, yeah, you know, like, or the van doesn't turn up. Or, or, yeah, like yeah. Say. yeah. So, so again, that's already the case. They already have to be aware of, you know, the CPS have the duty of in finding out the reasons why somebody hasn't attended and let the court know so that the court can decide whether or not to proceed in absence or whether it needs to be adjourned off for them to get them there or whether or not they can make them turn up. You know, like you're a bit struggling if someone's refusing to get in the van yeah. Um, and then you find out at 11 o'clock they're not going to be here and we can't get them here until three or whatever. You know, like, so, yeah. you know, there's lots of practical realities that mean yes. that it's not going to be as easy as get him here now, you know, so. And how far, final question, how far down the scale of crime would this go? So, Lucy Letby, in the papers every day, sort of on every news bulletin you heard, everybody heard of that case two, three weeks ago. It was shocking and it was terrible and everybody felt for it because of the victims were babies and it was a nurse in a hospital so everything about it was front page news um yeah how far down would this go so if i'd been assaulted and somebody was going to get a three month suspended sentence maybe or i don't you know criminal damage yeah. how far down is this just for the absolute most glamorous cases or would this for I mean, obviously, there's all the sexual offences as well, and all the, the yeah. Well, well, in, so in terms of the the um, power to, you know, add an extra two years onto the sentence, that is only going to apply, as I understand it, because obviously these are just proposals at the yeah. minute that have been said. Like I said, I'll, I'll be amazed if it, anything comes to light from this. To be honest with you, but the proposal is that would only apply in cases where the maximum sentence is life in prison anyway. Right. So. That obviously would be murder, which is a mandatory life in sentence. So, like you know, like, like so, a mandatory life sentence. So, if you if you are, if you've been convicted of murder and you've got the sort of standard minimum term of fifteen years, then an extra two years minimum term might actually make a bit of a difference to you. Yeah. Where, where it's probably not going to make a difference is where it's someone who's got you know, well, definitely going to make a difference if you've got a whole life minimum term, or if you've got you know a minimum term of thirty-five years or whatever, you know. Basically, the, the the smaller the percentage of your minimum term that that two years is, the less likely that's going to be much have much of an impact on you on that day as to whether or not you attend. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, it, it does open it up to be used for so that's like serious sexual and violent crimes like rape and GBH with intent, all that sort of stuff. So those people, those pe- people convicted, you know, convicted of those, they they could fall under this category of people that can have the sentences extended. So it could mean more of those offenders turn up to court. Um, so it could, it, could, it could have an impact there, potentially. Um, but all the rest of it is still at the discretion of the judge. You know, reasonable force can be used to ensure people, um, you know, behave themselves in court and so on. And, and you know, so, so it, it, it's just, as I say, underlining that fact a lot of it and, and bolstering it. Um, but I think it's mainly just creating headlines for the newspapers is really what it's doing. Yep, as ever. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Bang on half an hour. Well, 31. Yeah. Love it. I love our new Queen Feed session. Yeah, yeah. Nailed it. That's good. Yeah. Um, so no one's emailed us for a bit um, and asked us any questions. So right. uh, we're clearly just answering them all in the in the show already, aren't we? So yes, that must be maybe. Uh, but if you've got any questions, um, what what are we called? Barely legal. Oh, I do it via Twitter, which is called X now. 
Just do it there because I can't remember the. I think it's barely legal comedy podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, it's something like that, isn't it? It's on Twitter, it's on X, so get in touch via X. Um, And if you want to send us a million pounds, we've got a tip jar. But we are only accepting uh, increments of a thousand pounds. So (laughs) (laughs) send us a thousand pounds. Like Tammy Webster did, who sent us a tenner. She's uh, yeah. she's our standalone uh, donator. But yeah, fair enough. I don't think I'd pay for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, you you, next... you've just you've just done a Ratner's on us, haven't you? You've just literally <laughs> Gerald Ratner. <laughs> um, do you know any good podcasts to listen to other than ours? Just as a little, um, I, do you know? I don't listen to many podcasts. I listen to like you know like limited series on like yeah. on BBC Sounds. So I'm listening to one at the minute about Yetis. So right. someone trying to search <laughs> for the Yet someone trying to search for a Yeti, and I just started listening to it the other day, and I'm fascinated by it already. Yeah, so. that sounds really good actually. I was just called Yeti. So, uh, yeah. I had to do Lincoln last night, Lincoln, and then Nottingham on the way back. I am. So oh, I'm going to Lincoln tomorrow. Oh my god, it just never ends. The, yeah. you, you get to Nottingham and you're only about halfway there and you're just like, kill me now because the words the roads get worse and worse and worse. Anyway, I found one on Spotify that it just suggested and it was about history. And one of the presenters right. was called Tom Holland, who I think is Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. He's, but it's a different yeah, it's Tom It's not Holland. the same Tom Holland. No, yeah. I've got a book by Tom Holland about the Romans. I'm it, sure it's called it, Rubicon. I bet it's the same guy. Um, yeah, yeah. So I found that last night, and it was the latest episode, which was all about the history of public schools in Britain, and they kind of linked it to Harry Potter, um, oh, like right. f- just for uh, just to put it in context, just to sort of like reel the kids. In. Yeah, what it is, <laughs> to be honest, I, I really enjoyed that last night, and then I went back and listened to the first one, and the first one wasn't as good, but they've done hundreds, so that's um, that's a recommendation. Maybe send, oh, right, yeah. maybe send them some money in their tip jar yeah. if you like what they do. Well, if Tom Holland could recommend people listen to our podcast, <laughs> that'd be great. Not the historian, but Spider-Man. You know, <laughs> yeah, like he's, Spider-Man. he's got a much bigger reach. <laughs> yeah, I've never met Dominic Holland. In 25 no. years of being a stand-up, I've never... There was a, I think there was a good 10 years he was sort of touring and not really on the circuit, and that would yeah. have been most likely when I would have done it. Anyway, um, bye, everybody. Yeah, bye. Thanks for listening.